You know, when you're used to saying, you do everything you can, try to keep from blowing your rep. Amen. Amen. Want to leave people with a good taste in their mouths. Amen. But there's a song that's been on my heart today, and it is um, The Solid Rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy lean on Jesus' When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy my anchor holds within the veil on Christ the solid rock I stand.
nothing but sinking sand on Christ on Christ on Christ the solid rock I stand the ground it is sinking sand oh all of the ground is is just it's only sinking sand hallelujah hallelujah text tonight actually comes from the passage chosen by pastor for this week Hebrews 11 and 6 Hebrews 11 and 6 It reads this way. 
but without faith. It is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Tonight, we ask your prayers as we consider the subject, the blessing of diligence. The blessing of diligence. The text says that we are to seek him. And then the text is tailored to teach us how to seek him. And immediately answers the question, seek him diligently. Diligence will enable us to qualify for greater things. Amen. Please understand that if you are not diligent in the assignment that you already have, it would be needless for you to expect God to give you a greater one. The Bible says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in that which is much. And whoever is unfaithful in that which is least is unfaithful also in that which is much. That is a spiritual principle. So we never have a right to ask God to bless us with more until we have been diligent with that which we already have. Diligence is not just a starting and stopping. It is where you have learned a certain consistency and steadfastness in what you do. You never ever become faithful in what you have, not learn to be consistent in. It is those who Seek God diligently. And God will bless you according to the diligence that you show in whatever you do right now. So whatever you are diligent in is what you will experience increase in. As a matter of fact, that's how you qualify yourself for increase. You have to be diligent and faithful and consistent in it. If you are diligent in it, you're qualifying yourself for God to give you increase. Please understand that when I talk about diligence, I'm talking about daily commitment. You see, my brothers and my sisters, we have to learn, as I am still in the process of learning, that this Christian walk means that I must be no different on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or any other day than I am on Sunday. And if I have to change my language and disposition and temperament to come to church on Sunday. That makes me what Jesus called a hypocrite. Amen. It's a daily commitment. And not only is it a daily commitment, it's a daily defense. Put on the whole armor of God. Amen. 
And when we reach that level of faithfulness and unwavering behavior, it is that principle that establishes our diligence. Amen. It seems that it, 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 it's easier to get us excited. But it doesn't last long. Amen. Man, our excitement doesn't last long. We can get people involved, but uh, we can't keep them on fire. Notice here also that the word of the Lord says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. These words are included because God knew what life teaches us. And that is we are going to need faith to do what we have been placed in this earth to do. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. And so he has us to know that we will never be able to finish our assignment of what God wants us to do without developing a sufficiency of faith. I speak not of quantity, but rather of quality. He tells us that if we have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, we can do awesome things. So he would have us to know that we have to make the journey from fearful to faithful and not be ashamed of the gospel. Amen. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I, I really want to talk to you tonight about the blessing of diligence. The key is that if you won't be diligent in whatever it is you're doing, you'll never develop mastery or become excellent in it. It takes diligence to develop excellence. And God deserves excellence. Amen. Amen. God deserves excellent. Whatever it is that we would do for God, he deserves our very best. Amen. So you don't become excellent because you were doing something every now and then. Amen. But rather because you have developed a pattern, a habit in your life. You have to develop diligence in your life. Diligence begins with you making a decision in your own life and heart that this is what I am going to do. See, your decision determines your character and your conduct and your destiny. Yeah, I want to talk to you tonight about the tremendous blessing of diligence. For you only grow when you do certain things diligently. Diligence will produce for you what I call sustained change. In other words, sustained change is what we call growth. And growth is sustained change. Change. Change is inevitable. You remember I told you the other night, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. If we live long enough, all of us are going to change. Amen. Whether we do anything or not. But because we change doesn't mean that we've grown. You have to choose to grow. You have to make a decision to grow. Change is something that will happen. And Jesus has told us that once we put our hands to the gospel plow, we are called upon not to look back. 
but rather to press on towards the mark. So God blesses diligence. Amen. So I hope that you will understand today in your mind that God blesses diligence. God does not commit himself to talent. Amen. God does not commit himself to ability or gifting. But God commits and God promotes diligence. Now this idea of being diligent is really a character trait. Because we discover after a period of time that you must be before you can do. Amen. And you must do before you have. And we have people trying to have stuff that they have never done. And we have people trying to do stuff that they have never first become. There is an order and a progression in God that you must be before you do. And you do before you have. But some people have got it confused. They, they want to have before they do. Amen. Some people want to have the degree before they study. Amen. There's a process of everything that we get in God that is a steady development of our diligence. There is a blessing that comes along with diligence that you can get by no other means. Now the text that we have been looking at is in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You must first believe that he is. Amen. And I have told you that to believe is not just an emotion from your heart to say, I believe. To believe means to commit oneself to God. Amen. To commit oneself to God. Amen. So you must believe that he is. And remember, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is. You must believe that he exists. You must believe. This is the entire premise to everything we have in Christianity. Let me tell you that our greatest need today is to believe. Amen. Don't need to try to prove God. He doesn't even try to prove himself. What he requires of us is that we believe. So he says, I don't need lawyers. I need witnesses. Amen. The need to be proven. We don't have to worry about it. He wants us to believe him. Amen. The Bible teaches us in Romans 10 and 9, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, thou shalt be saved. And so when God gives us his word, he wants us to believe him. Amen. He's not just talking about believing him in the general sense of the word. It's far deeper than that. It's far deeper than saying, oh, I believe in God. Amen. The Bible teaches us in Romans 10 and 9, in the original Greek, to believe in the Lord literally means to commit to. It does not mean that you just say, oh, I believe in God. You can find all kinds of thugs and winos and gangsters and all kinds of people who will tell you, oh, I believe in God. Amen. 
they all say they believe in God. Statistics say that the majority of people in America claim that they believe in God, but they live like hell. They claim, I believe in God. They say they believe in him, but they certainly are not committed to him. Amen. You know whether or not a person is committed to a marriage by their behavior in the marriage. Amen. Amen. Your commitment shows what you believe in. Amen. For, for example, if you believe in giving, you'll give. And the only reason you don't believe that you don't give is that you don't believe in it. Your actions will show what you really believe. Amen. 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 People try to rationalize all kinds of reasons for not giving. But the truth of the matter is, if you believed, you would give. Amen. So unless you are committed to something, you really don't believe in it. So when the Bible says, whoever is going to come to God must first believe that he is, it is saying that they must first commit to him. Amen. God's greatest concern is not the number of people in the church. God's greatest concern is that his people believe him. Amen. He says that with his stripes you were healed. Amen. And we have to believe and be committed to the fact that Jesus accepted stripes on his back for our healing. Amen. That's why the Bible speaks of Abraham and it says Abraham believed in hope against hope. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb nor the age of his own body. He believed in hope against hope. If you believe God, you can move the hand of God to start working on your behalf. I don't care what the situation looks like. The Bible says in Mark 11 and verse 23, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and then you shall have it. Amen. 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 God says all I want you to do is to believe me and trust me. Amen. Even though you have no proof, <laughs> trust me. Amen. If you'll just be diligent to believe his word. Amen. In your life, you set up a habit pattern. Amen. You find yourself saying, if I can believe that God told me this now, I'm setting myself up as a candidate to receive the blessings of God in every dimension of my life. It is a powerful thing to really understand what it means to believe God. We got people talking about, I believe God. No, you believe God when you have committed yourself to him. To believe is not an emotion. It means committing your life to him. I'm talking about when you say, come hell or high water. I'm willing to die for this thing. I don't even understand my purpose, nor can I live up to it unless it is something that I'm willing to die for. You've got to be committing it to God first. And so the Bible teaches us that it is a prerequisite as we come to God, that we must first believe that he is. And I'm trying to tell you tonight, I'm being repetitious on purpose, that the first thing is you've got to believe. You've got to believe. And when you say you believe, that means you've committed yourself to him. 
If you don't commit yourself, you don't really believe. Amen. So all of our belief is substantiated and corroborated through our commitment. So if you ever want to know what a person believes, just check out their commitment. Amen. Don't listen to what they say. <laughs> if everybody that's talking about heaven was going to heaven, God would have to put an annex on it. But uh, it's not what we talk. Amen. It's not what we talk. It's our commitment. If I believe God, I'm committed to God. Amen. Amen. Anything that he is going to get done in the earth realm, God begins to speak to you. Help me out a minute. Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, God is speaking to you. Whenever God wants to get anything accomplished in the earth realm, he speaks to his people. He speaks to his people. Amen. God wants to get something done. He talks to you about it. Amen. And if you believe him, the question then becomes, what are you going to do about what he talked to you about? Amen. Amen. What will you do with it? Amen. Have you ever noticed that when you come to church on Sunday morning, that when God speaks, he never says, hey, y'all. When God speaks, he always says, hey, you. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Yes, yes, yes. He always says, hey, you. And then the question becomes, what are you going to do about what God said to you? Amen. In James chapter 2, verse number 19, James says, thou believest that there is a God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So he said, you may do well believing but understand that in believing, you have not done very much. The difference is that the devils never commit to God. Our believing should lead to a commitment to God. You see, when James talks about believing here, he mentions in the next verse, faith without works is dead. And dead faith does not work. Help me out again. Look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, neighbor. Your, faith your faith needs a job. <laughs> your faith needs a job. What are you believing God for? Hmm? Faith without works is dead. I don't know about you, but I want a faith that works. I want a faith that works. I want a faith I can depend on. I want a faith that I can try, and it proves to be faith. I want a faith that I don't have to be at church seven days a week to hear the word of God. I want a faith that when I'm going through the valley, my faith will see me through. I want a faith that when I'm not feeling well, I can tell myself if I trust in the Lord, just like he healed me before, he'll do it again. I want a faith that works. I want a faith that works. Amen. What good is it carrying around a faith that won't do nothing? Huh? What good is it going to do you? Huh? And listen, you don't know faith is faith till it's been tried. 
Huh? Yeah, you've got to go through the fire. You've got to go through something before you know faith is faith. Amen. James says, faith without works is dead, and dead faith does not work. So if you say that you believe, but you don't have any commitment in your actions, that proves that you believe that you have faith without works. That's dead faith. Dead faith does not work and it does not please God. It does not move God. That's faith with one wing. Amen. Faith with one wing. Amen. And if a bird only has one wing, all it can do is go around in circles. You need faith with two wings. Amen. 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 You got to be able to say that I believe in God. Amen. And my actions show that I believe in God. Amen. Amen. James says, dead faith won't work. And so when it's when you take faith and works. Amen. That's two wings. And you flap them in harmony. You're able to mount up with wings as an eagle. And God intended for us to be able to get off the ground in the things that we do. It's when you take faith and works and flap them in harmony that you're able to mount up. Then Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 8 says, Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. Now, fruit means works. It means something that you actually show forth. So when a person actually repents, there should be fruits of repentance. There has to be a fruit of repentance showing that they have changed their mind. There must be fruit of repentance. You don't see the fruit of repentance at the altar. Amen. If you're looking for fruit of repentance, it shows up back at the house. Amen. If you're looking for fruit of repentance, it shows up when you're on the cell phone talking to your friends. Fruit of repentance doesn't show up in the church. You see fruit of repentance in how you deal with your family. Amen. Amen. That is where you tell that a person has experienced the real honest to God fruit of repentance. Let me show you how it works. Fruit of repentance in the house happens this way. When one person has messed up and they know they have messed up. Uh, if the husband knows that he has messed up, amen, and he's on his way home, he's subject to stop by the flower shop. Amen. Amen. He's subject to stop by the flower shop or the candy place and pick up a little something, amen, and he is hoping that what he brings home will substantiate the fact that he has experienced fruit of repentance. Amen. Amen. And there's been a change in his attitude and his demeanor and his disposition. Amen. And see, the principle is, if you're really repenting, as opposed to just apologizing, it will cause a change in your action. Amen. 
You remember I told you last night, if people are just apologizing, they'll find themselves having to do that again and again. Because apologizing won't change your actions. Amen. Amen. But fruit of repentance. So we must believe again that God exists and we have to commit ourselves to him. Amen. It means that you cannot separate believing from commitment. If you believe that God is and that he is who he said he is, amen, you'll commit yourself to him. Belief automatically implies commitment. Amen. Amen. I would never pray to God if I did not believe that he is. If I did not believe that he existed, why would I even say our Father which art in heaven? So the first criteria is that I've got to believe and commit myself to him at first. Trust him. You've got to trust God. Amen. You don't believe somebody because they prove something to you. You believe them because there is a faith and a trust in your heart to say, I trust who you are in my life. Amen. My wife goes in the kitchen to cook. I don't follow her in there to see what she's putting in the pot. Amen. Uh, I, I've been eating her food now, going on like about some 40 years. I don't worry about it when she's in the kitchen. She told me she loved me. Huh? Huh? Yeah. She, she acts like she loves me. So, so I, I, I don't need a cup bearer. Huh? I, I trust her. And, and it, it's the same with her. She trusts me because our actions toward each other have shown that we can trust each other. A amen, amen. And it's the same way with God. For all my life, God has proven himself to be not trustworthy. He is worthy of my trust. Amen, amen, amen. I can trust him to know my circumstances in life. Wouldn't it be terrible if when you prayed, you had to try to explain everything to God? And God was sitting in heaven saying, now, I didn't quite get that. Now, what was that you said? But I'm glad that God knows the circumstances.